Hi everybody, this is I Believe in You, a dummy's guide to knowledge. My name is Karen Inder and I'm a model, mental health coach, and public speaker who is here to have fun and feel a little less dumb. My name is Patrick and my last name is a strange enigma lost to time because of the burning of the Library of Alexandria. I am at first a pilot and always an educator. And in response to the stock market games that Reddit is currently playing with GameStop, Dogecoin, BlackBerry, AMC stocks, and others, I figured the topic today should be what ABBA, Pink Floyd, Motley Crue, The Notorious B.I.G., Dire Straits, Wu-Tang Clan, Hall & Oates, and many other musicians have written songs about. That sweet, sweet change, that crispy green lettuce, or as some would also call it spoondelix. I'm talking about money. Honestly, just listening listening to you talk about stocks just makes me think of chicken stock. Yes, the the entire New York Stock Exchange where people <laughs> trade beet juice and other vegetable-flavored stocks for meat-flavored stocks. I've got two chicken to one beef right now. Uh, <laughs> so when I was a child, I was fascinated with like the idea of buried treasure and thinking that I was going to find buried treasure and not have to worry about anything in life ever again. The problem is, I was a very ambitious child. Uh, like, I would sell lemonade in the winter, and I'm not joking about that. I would be, like, in my neighborhood with a lemonade stand, bundled up in a coat with no one walking around, <laughs> trying to sell lemonade in the winter. But I wanted the easy way out, so I kept digging holes in my backyard, and I mean big, deep holes, trying to find lost buried treasure. I found... Oh my god, did you find I any? found one bottle cap. That is the extent oh. of my treasure. <laughs> I found so much treasure growing up, because... Okay, I'm from Newfoundland. I don't even know if you know where that is. It's in East Coast, Canada. And okay. it's an island. And it's mostly, like, just woods. Um, <laughs> and... We were from Central, and my friends and I would just walk into the woods forever, and you would come across, like, old cars that have just been there for so long that the forest just grows around it. See? Anyways, you can find some pretty cool stuff well, in the see, trunks. Uh, you know, I grew up in the northern part of South Carolina, which is in the southern part of the United States. And the majority of what we would find, if we ever wandered into the woods and things like that, would be moonshine stills um that the <laughs> copper had already been stripped from or we would find like you said cars with woods grown around them and things like that but now i didn't want what was above ground i wanted that sweet underground money i wanted that sweet like that 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 gold so it's 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 funny that you spent your childhood digging looking for treasure and i spent mine burying what treasure. why would you put the money into the ground <laughs> i <I'd> <laughs> I just remember that in the backyard, I would always just be digging holes and literally, listen, it's still there, I promise you. It's still, it, what, what I can't remember for the life of me what I was burying, but I, it, I mean, it's still there. I used to, I used to bury it. So it's funny that I would bury it and you would go find it. Isn't that that's, funny? That's so wild. Do, is this like a time capsule thing? Maybe. It was probably just, like, more, like, tr trash treasure that I found in the woods. And then I would just bury it. But, you know, I will I will point out, this was 
you know, in the warmer months. I don't know what you're doing. Wait, no, you're from the south. Correct. It's always the warmer months. No, in the winter. So there was... I'm my Canadian brain is like, how are you going to dig through the ice hard earth in the winter? With a little something I call gumption. Yeah, gumption. If you want to, I guess you could bring back into the show title, like or the introduce, like welcome to I believe in you, the gummy, the the, the gummies died to knowledge. <laughs> okay, my Canadian brain is here thinking, how are you? digging holes of the winter it's through what we call good southern gumption and the fact that we are 35th in education <laughs> No. <laughs> so you're out there for a long time then with a spoon you have a big spoon we call it a shovel i don't know if they have shovels yeah. up in canada but yeah, that's... <laughs> that's too funny and you've you've never really found anything other than a bottle cap well i mean it's better than what you could I mean, find, I guess. I guess nothing more than, like, nails or bottle caps or things like that. So, that's really all I was able to find. But. Bum, bum, bum. But. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you and all of our listeners about are other world-famous lost treasures across the world. The first one oh. is the Lost Dutchman's Gold Mine in Arizona. Now... Everything I'm about to describe to you is going to sound made up, and the location of it is not going to help. But in the mid-1800s, there was this German guy named Jacob Waltz, and he discovered, and I can't really visually give you air quotes, but because no one knows if it's real, but he discovered this really, really, really big gold vein in the Arizona Superstition Mountains, so that doesn't help out, first off. <laughs> um, and <laughs> these mountains, like, first off, like, these mountains were formed because, like, the ground fell into a volcano and the vo- volcano collapsed and it pushed the stone upwards and it created this, like, really awesome mountain structure. But the story is, is that the Dutchman found this really big gold vein and then didn't do anything with it. Like, he just scribbled down notes and... He only told two people the location of the mine before he died in, like, 1892, something like that. And uh, he only told two people that, you know, this mine actually existed. And now, like, 9,000 people search for this annually. Like, roughly. And... Like, still? Oh, yeah. It's never been found. And the the gold itself, if what they if what all the stories say are true, the gold itself is valued at forty million dollars today. And everyone is certain that this exists. So that's where the problem comes in. the The problem that comes in is that a we don't know if it's true. I mean, come on, the mountains are called Superstition Mountains. First off, secondly, <laughs> the map that he wrote out. Uh, the map that Waltz uh, gave out, he gave to his caregiver when he was like super, super, super sick. And the caregiver couldn't understand these like wildly cryptic scribblings. I mean, and, like spaghetti noodle map drawings. And she sold the map for $7. Oh my goodness. Now, granted, in today's money, that's like 200 bucks, But... She just she just sold this for seven dollars, 
which I could never imagine selling a piece of paper with some sketches on it for $200 at all. I don't know. I mean, I can I can sell you one for $7. I mean, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's $7 today's money, not $7, eighteen ninety. Our our listeners are listening to this podcast, but also Googling the crap out of Suspicious Mountain. The Superstition Mountains. Super. <laughs> it's, it's the Sus Mountains. <laughs> it's so suspicious. <laughs> so and it gets it gets even worse. I'm going to read to you the last words that this man ever spoke about the uh, what's called the Dutchman's gold mine now. These were the clues he gave to find it. <clears throat> Let me put on my theatrical reading glasses here. It lies within an imaginary circle whose diameter is not more than five miles and whose center is marked by Weaver's Needle, about 2,500 feet high, among a confusion of lesser peaks and mountainous masses of basaltic rock. The first gorge on the south side of the west end of the range, they found a trail which led them northward over a lofty ridge, thence downward past Sombrero Butte into a long canyon running north and finally to a tributary canyon very deep and rocky and densely wooded with a continuous thicket of scrub oak, then up a side canyon past water. It's about 200 feet across from a cave. If you pass three red hills, you've gone too far. You can watch the military trail from the mine, but you cannot be seen from the military trail. The setting sun shines through a break in the mountains and glitters upon the ore and shaft. You have to climb a short ways from a steep ravine in order to see Weaver's Needle to the southward from above the mine. You can see Weaver's Needle to the south and four peaks to the north where four peaks look like one peak. <laughs> I'm calling BS. There's no way. This this <laughs> man is in his grave and he's dying laughing. Absolutely. Like he could because because he just pulled off and like what did he have what what did he have <laughs> so many questions please ask away <laughs> like what was his beef you know like the 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 person that he said this to his last words or last letter like this lady did he have a beef with her like did was he like i'm gonna screw her over in the afterlife and then now he's looking at, at what has transpired and he's just laughing his ass so, off so okay so the the woman he told or the woman uh, that was his caregiver, um, his, her name was Julia Thomas. I don't believe she was ever told those instructions. He just wrote down a map. And that's essentially the, the word vomit that came out on to this paper is the equivalent of that map. She must have did something to I him. I don't know. For, 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 for him to want to... <laughs> just, you know, want to torment her. Well, see, he... He was passing away, uh, and uh, Jacob Waltz passed away on October 25th, 1891, at the residence of Julia Thomas. So, it's kind of hard to tell. No one really knows. Okay, listen. I'm just going to put aside, because (laughs) obviously I just outed myself that I do not trust men. And so I'm going to put my distrust of men aside. Thank Let's you. Let's imagine uh-huh. that there actually is tre- <laughs> there actually is treasure. I just okay? I don't think so. This- I do I do not think that's treasure. You don't real. think no, so? No, I don't think it's real. I think this man was just saying like I found a little bit of gold, and now I'm going to make everyone else pay. 
Like, there's no way this is real. Like, 9,000 people a year go searching for this thing, and it has never been found. Okay. Are there any tourist attractions in the area? Because this could be a mastermind plan to get people into the area to spend money well, see, while that's they're the there. that's the thing. Yes, but it's a national state park. And it's not a national state park that's, like, based around this lost golden mine. That area is just a national state park. And I'm sure there's, I'm sure okay. there's, like, oh, go find the Dutchman's gold. Except for the fact that people have died <laughs> looking for this. Like, go find the Dutchman's but gold. But knowing, knowing what we know, do you also think that there's a possibility that there's something in the area that that somebody or an entity doesn't want us to know about, so they're distracting us with this illusion of okay. gold. Now, when you say entity in the area, <laughs> there are a lot of rumors about Superstition Mountain that there are aliens hiding inside of it, and the top just, like, opens up. Bam. So. See, listen, you can't get nothing past me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so you're... T- what i'm saying yeah this is me also outing myself about the conspiracy like deep dives that I go down. i'm like why would they want people here <laughs> or or what are they trying to distract us from so that you know we don't go a couple kilometers I, in another direction we're I, focused on this I one location like that's a really terrible strategy like we got to make sure they don't find us hey everyone there's gold in these hills <laughs> That would be the worst. Uh, no, strategy. no, that would be terrible strategy. No, 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 no. Like, like, imagine if like four hours away, there's like a lab or something or some like alien stuff happening. They're like, well, you don't want people to know about this. So what we're gonna do is that we're gonna create a story about hidden treasure that's decades long. This old guy wrote a letter, gave it to a lady, and then we're gonna make sh- <laughs> have the population focus on this place four hours away from us. I. I think that would all do well if it wasn't for the fact that uh, Jacob Waltz was a German that came to the United States in search for gold. Like that was, and he was documented having done that. Okay, listen, listen. You and I go to Sus Mountain. I am down for it. I am down to go to Sus Mountain. We find the treasure. It's in plain sight. We think, how could no one find this? Am I high? We're so smart. We find it. <laughs> we get the treasure. It's worth like X amount of money. You, there's not even an, an, a word. Two dollars and a nutter butter. <laughs> <laughs> what do you spend it on? What the 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 two dollars? <laughs> the nutter butter. I spend the two dollars <laughs> no, on the nutter butter. We, fa- we found lots of. We found lots of money. Well, okay, well, first off, there's an even better, there's an even better treasure that I want, that has an actual value associated with it. The $40 million of the Lost Dutchman's treasure is kind of like, eh. But this other one, it's the sunken Nazi gold in Lake Toplitz in the Australian Alps. Okay, so, all right, tell me about it. The legend, the legend <laughs> goes is that Nazis dumped almost $6 billion in gold into this lake, which they used as a naval testing site. Now, they have found some things, like 700 million pounds uh, of 
count or sorry uh, 700 million counterfeit pounds printed by the nazis in order to destabilize the british economy which is currently a little over six billion pounds in today's money and so that's the question that i want to get to if you found this six billion dollar treasure what would you spend it on well i could probably spend it in a year because (laughs) because when i think about that much money and what it could do for me honestly and i think this i i speak i think a lot of people could relate to this is that it would all go to mental health care (laughs) (laughs) between between therapy and live-in therapists oh man i could blow through that what would you spend six billion dollars on i don't know like five stays at a united states hospital (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah it was just just medication oh yeah there's a game that i like to play with people especially when talking about like money and riches and things like that it's can you spend mike bloomberg's money now for those who don't know mike bloomberg was a presidential candidate in the 2020 in the 2020 presidential campaign he spent his own money like he used all of his own money in order to uh in order to print like all of his advertisements in order to do all of his campaigning and everything this man is valued at 55 billion dollars so and to get anyone listening i want you to play along as well i want you to search for the most lavish lifestyle you can think of and so karen Tell us in the comments. Tell us in Absolutely. the comments what you would purchase. But I think if you're at, like, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind are house plants. Do you know how expensive some okay. house plants okay. are? Okay, let's go into some house plants. What house plant would you buy? <laughs> okay. I have two, okay. okay? First, a variegated philodendron, which are valued $8,000 and up, depending on the size. So if you fill your whole house with, like, a million of them, right? You do some damage. Number wait, two, wait, 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 wait. a variegated, most... oh, sorry, a oh, variegated sorry. dendron was how much? It starts at eight thousand dollars. You and you have one? Oh, no! okay. <laughs> You're telling me to spend hypothetical oh, okay, okay. money. <laughs> so we're getting. But listen, listen. Okay. Also, the most expensive flower in the world. Because why not, right? Why not spend? I mean, if you have the money, spend it. <laughs> There is this rose called the Juliet Rose. It was bred by a, a gentleman by the name of David Austin. He put $5 million into creating it. Oh, boy. Okay. So let's assume that each rose is valued at $5 million. I would want one of those. Uh, let's see here. Five. Why? To make an Instagram post for clout. <laughs> so let's say <laughs> that... Let's see, one, two, three, one, two, three. Let's say that you get 50 of those Juliet Roses a day. And Mm -hmm. you get uh, 50 of those variegated ferns? Philodendrons. Let's say you get 50 of those a day. In that first Mm -hmm. day... You have spent only $250 million. So if you wanted to get past that $55 billion, not only would you have to do that for, uh, let's see, one, two, three, one, two, three. 
one, two, three. If you were to do that for just a hundred days, you haven't even spent half of Mike Bloomberg's money. I know, but can this like donating it count? How, uh, I'm sure. Okay, yeah, that would be the easy way out. But I'm talking, you have to live a lavish lifestyle, like buy a new car every day. It 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 gets dusty, you throw it out. Oh no, the tires are a little scuffed. Dusty, throw it out. <laughs> you get, your car gets dusty, you just you, throw you, it out. You purchase a new Versace suit, and oh no, it saw the sunlight. Throw it out, get a new one the next day. I am so bad. I can't even imagine because I'm like more. I'm a giver, but I want. I want. For me, it's therapy and plants, baby. And then donations. What about you? What life would you create so for yourself? Personally, you're a pilot, so I mean jets, well, obviously. Uh, yes, jets, like hundred percent. And one of the, uh, let's see, one of the uh, 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 jets that I have actually always had my eye on, just not of any like real reason to to think that I could get it. But if I could ever ever get the money to own one it would be a Dassault Falcon 2000 EX and they are you know twin jet engine or twin turbine engine um they can seat I believe in the EX model they can seat uh, 12 people which is a lot of foot room and I'm sure that you know someone in the comments would be like mm, actually it's 24 people come on uh <laughs> but they're worth like eight million dollars on the top end so if i were to spend eight million dollars and i were to get a new falcon fly it once throw it away get a new falcon throw throw it away like every single day i couldn't i it would take me i think like 10 15 years and i still wouldn't have spent all of mike bloomberg's money but okay true or false fact or nothing wouldn't over time, that amount of money go up or go down? Well, that all depends on your market. And the idea of like money inflating and deflating, I know when um, uh, in the United States Civil War, uh, there's, a, there's a saying that goes around, at least in the U.S. South, saying it's not even worth a Confederate. Because when the South seceded from the United States, they also created their own currency called a Confederate. And at the time, a $100 Confederate bill was worth like $1.87 or $1.80 or something like that. But that doesn't even compare to, the, to what uh, the German economy did after World War II. It got so bad. It got, or maybe it was World War I. It got so bad that Germans actually used their money as wallpaper. It was so worthless at the time. Imagine having that much cash, like, because if, if, if one bill, one bill weighs one gram, mm -hmm. but if you had, I mean, that, and that's of any denomination, would, like, that, to, to, to make wallpaper, I don't know, I think that'd be heavy going upstairs. It would be, and let's see, if one, if, let's say one U.S. dollar is one gram, the entire Walton family, which if you don't know, are the founders of Walmart. Roughly each member of the Walton family is worth about $62 billion each. So altogether, they're worth about $215 billion, which means based on that one gram, that means that their entire wealth, if you were to put it in single dollar bills, would be about 470 million pounds 
or roughly 215,000 metric tons of just dollars. Another bill fact. Okay. okay. Because I'm just thinking like, you know, to have all this amount of money, you, you, need, to, you need to be smart. What are the logistics? The typical lifespan of a bill is 18 months. How are you going to protect that much money? Uh, Swiss bank accounts. well okay so with the reason that it's eight like 18 months is because they go through so much wear and tear and they get exposed to like all sorts of elements and people who like to and i kid you not like ingesting coins and things like that and that takes it out of circulation if they don't pass through so one of the other like really weird and this is i don't know how everyone feels about this one uh around 85 to 95 percent of paper money in circulation, according to a 2009 study um, from the University of Massachusetts, 85 to 95 percent of paper money in circulation contains traces of cocaine. But I know. Yes, but it gets worse because if you're in Detroit, <laughs> L.A., Miami, Boston, or a few other major cities, Bill showed traces of cocaine 100% of the time. <laughs> That's brutal. It's just that big city life, man. And <laughs> and then, you know, especially on the topic of, of the stocks and what happened um, with uh, <laughs> Wall Street bets, only 8% of the world's currency is actual physical money. I never thought about that. Oh, like, yeah. You, know, you have Bitcoin. You have all these online PayPal. Yeah, so, much of tran- so many transactions are digital and, uh, and stuff like that. that I, I actually believe that fact, like, outright. You know, I can't tell you the last time that I actually handed a $100 bill over to someone to, uh, uh, to actually pay a bill or anything like that. Everything I do is nearly electronic these days. And because of that reason, what do you think is printed more in a given year than physical money. Oh, I actually think I know this one. It's Monopoly money. Monopoly money! Oh, yeah. No, Monopoly money, <laughs> I think, what is it? it? It outweighs, if you were to convert all of that to dollars, it would increase our nation's value by like $20 trillion or something like that. Like, it's the, the amount of Monopoly money that's printed is just amazingly astronomical. But... This is my favorite money fact that exists. This Uh is the highest valued object in our solar system. And I have to say the solar system. Have you ever heard of the space asteroid 16 Psyche? No. So I would love to be able to play the game, can you spend 16 Psyche's value? But it's impossible. (laughs) The reason why 16 Psyche is valued at ten thousand quadrillion dollars, I can't even. Yeah, exactly. It's it is <laughs> it is worth okay. such an ast. It is worth a hundred thousand times the value of the planet Earth's GDP. Our 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 buddy Sky's wondering how is that possible, and I thought the same thing. It's so. Uh, 16 Psyche is not, I guess it's technically an asteroid, but a lot of NASA researchers have said it's more likely the core of a planet that never finished forming. So imagine take the core of the planet Earth and then just distribute that amongst mineral um, uh, and like iron works and things like that. Because this 
this asteroid is comprised mostly of like nickel and iron, gold, silver, and precious metals and things like that. And it's so big that it's valued at such an astron 10,000 quadrillion dollars. And I want to hear from all of our listeners how you would spend that moolah. I challenge any listener to come up with a detailed uh, list or itinerary or Amazon wish list of how you would get to 10,000 quadrillion dollars. I want to know. Is there something I don't? Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't either. It's it, like Elon Musk wants to go to space and go to Mars and people from Wall Street bets keep saying we're going to ride that rocket to Mars, which is apparently Wall Street talk for hitting the like hitting the big money. Don't aim for Mars. Aim for 16th Psyche. <laughs> yeah. Just an, another. How long do you think for us to destroy just like we have with Earth? Oh, how long would it take us to destroy Mars? Or, yeah. I don't know. Give it, give it six months. We see our first McDonald's. <laughs> Eight months. We see our first Waffle House. Twelve months. Oh, it starts goodness. to perish. <laughs> I can't. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, I hope you leave feeling a little less dumb. And now for our goodbyes. You cannot find me on any social media, and if you do, please report it. It might be me, but let's err on the side <laughs> of caution anyway. You can come over and say hi to me, though. I'm on Instagram, and my handle is Karen, at Karen Ender. Karen with a Y, though, because, you know, we only have the good kinds of Karens over here at the I Believe in You podcast. <laughs> if you miss me, you can find me over in the Model Tongue podcast, available everywhere podcasts are played. If not... Please catch us next week on the next episode. And remember, we believe we in you. We do believe in you. And uh, please do join us next time when we talk about habitual nighttime rituals and the health benefits that they can have. But for now, Ooh. yeah, Ooh. <laughs> it's either going to get real personal or real healthy. Everyone have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.